right, hey, we are uh, starting a new series today in February, right? Uh, Valentine's Day month, and uh, starting a new series called Real Relationships. And uh, I don't believe it's an accident that you're here today. I don't think it's an accident that you're uh, tuning in today, no matter where you are or when you're listening to this. We want to say welcome. We appreciate you spending this time with us today. And, uh, but you know what? Uh, relationships are going to be a huge part of our life if we're a human being. And you know what? Anytime there's two people connected, there's going to be good things and there's going to be difficult things. I'm going to say that. You know, I think some of the most amazing, wonderful, loving, joyful, intimate connection I've ever had is in a marriage. I can also tell you that some of the most painful, hurtful, crushing defeats I've ever had is in a marriage. Because painful wounds come for those closest to us at times. So we've got to learn what God has in mind for our relationships. So that's what we're talking about, real relationships. And if you're married, we're praying that this is going to be a connection for you. And if you're not married, don't check out because we all can learn. And so I hope you'll do that. And, uh, you know, so many times, especially in our culture today, we look at images about everything. We've got marriage as images. We've got hashtag, you know, happy marriage. And you can look on there. And we see these frozen moments in time. And we say, you know what, I want that. But sometimes we don't know even what that is. We don't know how to get that. And we have opportunity now to dig in to really to learn what God has to say. How do we get there? And I believe that no matter where you're at in a relationship, no matter how great it is, it can go greater. No matter how in, much in trouble it is or how difficult it is, God can bring new days. He can do that. And we can trust him to do that. And uh, so we are going to uh, not only do this for the next several weeks, but we want to hear from you. We are uh, wanting to have you let us know your questions. If you have questions about relationships, questions about marriage, you can use the uh, uh, Connect card right in front of it. You can go to FLC Connect, like Pastor Clint was talking about, 94,000, and let us know that because we want to find out how we can work together on this. You know what? Relationships and marriage is God's idea. It's not what I'm telling you. It's what God's word says. And we learn about it in Genesis 2, 18 to 24. It starts off, it says, Then the Lord said, It's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. You know what? This isn't just about a guy's thing. It's about the fact that we weren't meant to do life and live life in a vacuum. One of the most difficult things we've seen in, our, in this season is that we've been separated out and we've had to stay home. We've had to stay away from other people. We need people in our lives. But if you get two people in a room, then there's probably going to be something that comes up, good or bad. Verse 21 said, so the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while the man slept, the Lord took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. And the Lord made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this one, bone from my bone, flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she's been taken from man. And this is explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. You know, these carefully planned, edited versions of images that we can see aren't a real reflection of what a true, healthy relationship looks like. So we want to get into that. 
and we want to find out what that that is, right? And uh, here's the deal. We're going to have uh, the next couple weeks, I'm very excited because next week, the next three weeks, we're going to have couples on the stage talking about real life and real stories. We're going to have a table up here next week. Pastor Clint and Kim are going to be talking about real life, real stories from their lives. And the next week, Pastor Lisa and Andrew are going to be at the table talking about their life, real stories, their struggles. Then uh, the fourth week, Sandy and myself are going to be at this table talking about when things break and how the church can respond. And then, like I said, that fifth week, we want to hear from you. We're going to be gathering questions all month long. And that fifth week, we're going to all gather together and try to do a panel and kind of address some of those questions. So today is a setup. Everybody say setup. I heard you at home. Thank you for that. We're going to talk about a setup for this, and we're going to talk what are godly relationships all about? What are the four key things that, what are just some of the four key things that we need to have into this? And first of all, and this might seem like a church answer, but we're going to start out by this. They have to be Christ-centered. If I'm going to have a relationship that pleases God and that has a chance to survive and has a chance to move forward, it has to be Christ-centered. Centered. What do we mean by that? Because we hear it in the church all the time. But we've got to start by acknowledging that your life and your marriage has to be centered around Jesus. Because let me just tell you this. Your relationships are going to be centered around something. If you don't choose it to be, be Jesus, it's going to be centered around something. Some relationships are centered around children. Some relationships are centered around jobs. Some relationships are centered around you fill it in. But I'm telling you, unless that relationship is centered around Jesus, centered on Christ, it's going to be difficult. We have the one myth that if I can just find the right one, then everything is going to be great, right? Until you realize a couple years later, whoops, it was the wrong one. No, that was supposed to be funny. But, uh, but to be happy and fulfilled, we've got to have Jesus as our number one. In fact, when I say this, Jesus is your number one, your spouse has to be number two. If you get the wrong person in the wrong seat, you're headed for difficulty. You've ever seen that? If Jesus is your co-pilot, then somebody's in the wrong seat. We see that when Matthew 22, 36 and 37, this is Jesus saying, when the teacher came to him and said, which is the greatest commandment of the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Here's the truth about your center. Your center will be your values, will be your actions. It's going to be where your life comes from, the center, and it's got to be Christ. One of my favorite preachers is Wayne Cadero, and he was telling a story that I remember so well. He talked about a very wealthy man that had an incredible estate, and uh, he had a huge estate, but he had just one son, and he had an incredible relationship with his son. He loved his son, but difficult circumstances and a tragedy happened, and he lost his one son. And so he commissioned an artist to paint a portrait of his son. And when the artist came back with that portrait, he showed it to the man. Tears came to his eyes. He said, you've captured the light in my son's eyes. You've captured the essence of who he was. And that became one of his prized possessions, his portrait of his son. Well, time passed, and the man passed away, and his estate went up for auction. People that came to the auction were very excited because the man had an incredible collection of art. He had Van Goghs. He had Picassos. And so the room was packed with people eager to get pieces of this collection. 
And when the auctioneer started, the first picture they brought out was a picture of the son. They said, we're going to start the auction and bidding on this picture of this great man's son. And the room was kind of quiet, and people kind of got a little bit angry and said, well, save that to last. Get to the good stuff. We want the good stuff. You, we, let's do that later. He said, no, we're going to start with this one. Is there a bid? No bids in the room. It was very quiet. People began restless, and a couple people said, start with the Van Goghs. Start with the Picassos. Finally, he said, no, we're going to start with this. And he said, do I hear a bid? A bid, a bid. A hundred dollars. Started a hundred dollars. Nothing. Silence. Finally, from the back of the room, someone said, I'll give a hundred dollars. It was the gardener of the estate. He had loved the family. He knew the son. He loved the son. And he said, you know what? I want a part of this. And all he had was a hundred dollars. That's all he had. He said, going once, going twice, sold for one hundred dollars. And then the auctioneer did an incredible thing. He said, I'm closing the auction. The whole place went crazy. What are you talking about? You're closing the auction. He said, there was a stipulation to this auction. It was in the will, and it was this. Whoever bought the portrait of my son gets the entire collection. You know what I'm telling you? It's about Jesus. And if you miss Jesus, you miss everything. A relationship without Jesus at the center is going to miss everything. The difficulties that we're going to face, we can't do alone, and there has to be a center. And I'm telling you, if you're single today and you want a Christ-centered marriage in the future, start by living a Christ-centered life today. He must be your number one. Everything else has got to be number two. Second thing today is in healthy relationship, we got to be mission-driven. we got to be mission-driven. Let me tell you about, about mission. Unity doesn't mean the same. It means you are together. How many think that a few people in our government need to hear that today, right? Unity doesn't mean the same. It means that we are together. Amos 3, 3 says this, can two people walk together without agreeing on a direction? Let me just say, what is division? When you think about not being on mission, not being together, the opposite, what would that be? Division. You know what division is? Two visions. Two visions. I, I love what Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there's no vision, the people perish. When the church moves forward, that means we're, we're compelled and we're, we're around the vision that Jesus has for us, and together we go forward in that, and relationships are just the same. One of the greatest tragedies in Mary is when two people come together, but yet they're not united. They're not united. I've always heard this. It takes two to make a marriage, but it only takes one to leave it. If it's going to last, they're going to have to be united on mission together. You know, one of the trends that I see happen today with a lot of couples that I don't understand is that they come together, they get married, yet every, they both keep their own schedules. They both keep their own lifestyle. This is still what I do. There's no blending of the two. We haven't become our own country together. I've still got my group of guys. I'm going to do my things. She's still got her group of girls. She's going to do her things. And let me tell you, there's nothing wrong about a guy's weekend. There's nothing wrong about getting together with ladies and connecting. And, and, but I'm talking in healthy balance. Have you come together? The two become one flesh. The Bible says that two different things become a single, completely different thing. We are two and we become one, but if we have two visions, then we're going two different directions. Let me tell you that something that can unite any couple is a common enemy and a common mission. You know what that, what that means? We, we love the same things, 
and we hate the same things. How does that work? Well, how about this? A couple gets together and say, we love kids. We love having our family. But something we both hate are kids that don't have families. So you know what we're going to do? We're on a mission to be foster parents. See how that works? You know what? One thing we love is being able to be financially free. We love that feeling. Both, one thing we both hate is being bound by debt. So our mission is going to be finding a financial peace, and our goal is going to be to be financially free because we both love the same thing. We both hate the same thing. We both love the blessings and connection of marriage, and we hate it when marriages break up. So we're going to find marriage mentors, and we're going to do everything we can. You see, because we're going to love the same things, and we're going to hate the same things. Talk about we have to be centered on the same vision. We've got to be mission-driven. This is our mission. This is our mission as a family. This is our mission in our friendship. This is a mission as a couple. Third thing is that we've got to realize that we're in a spiritual battle. We're in a spiritual battle. Let me tell you what. Anytime there's a conflict between people, the people aren't the problem. We've got to be devil-kicking. So I thought I'd just get this in for anybody who wants to get geared up about this. Devil kicking, not husband kicking, not wife kicking, not, kid, not dog kicking, right? But devil kicking. The Bible says, put on all of God's armor so you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategy of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood. People aren't the enemy. But we're fighting against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world. Let me tell you what, the enemy hates everything that matters to God. The devil hates what matters to God and matters to you. You know what? Marriage was God's idea. It's not something that we can redefine. It's not something that we can go and try to, that's God's idea, right? And I'm not saying that, the Bible says that. It's God's idea. And because God loves it and because it's his idea, should it surprise us, that the devil wants to tear it up. He wants to do everything he can. I, I have to be so conscious on Sundays that I know that I don't wrestle against people. I wrestle against f- spiritual forces. So every Sunday I'm praying, God, I pray that you would arm me, put your armor on me because I know there are spiritual forces that are gonna make people not wanna hear what I wanna say, but what you wanna say through me, right? And in a relationship, in our our marriage, in our friendships, we got to realize that we've got to fight the things that want to tear us up. And the devil's attacks are usually distractions and seductions. That's just true. Distraction. We we are so easily distracted. Squirrel, you know what I mean? I mean, I can get, men are like this. I mean, I can get distracted and I'm talking about one thing, and then all of a sudden I forgot what I'm talking about, and we're talking about something else, right? We can just get distracted, but you know what? In relationships, we can get distracted by good things, important things, things that take up our time. Distractions and seductions can be used by the enemy to pull us apart, right? Because God's design is unity. In the book of Song of Solomon. Solomon, King Solomon, wrote this book all about his relationship with his wife. It's, very, it's, it's a scripture with a lot of intimacy, a lot of imagery about how God put men and women together and the beauty of that relationship. But he said in Song of Solomon 2, verse 15, he said, catch for us the foxes, the little foxes. And I'm not talking about, I'm gonna go catch a fox, 
<laughs> Is that two eighties? Okay, let's keep moving. Uh, it's like, what's a fox? What's that? Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruined the vineyard, our vineyard that are in blossom. What, what is he talking about? When vineyards would be in blossom, little foxes come along and they would eat the blossoms off. Guess what? That takes the fruit, that ruins the harvest. And they're just little guys. Foxes, what are they? They come in at dark. They come in and they just pick out here and there and they destroy and they ruin. You know what he's talking about? A lot of times we can think, well, that's just harmless. That little thing, that's not going to bother us. That little thing, you know what? Everything matters. Little things matter because little things gone unchecked and undiscussed and untalked about and unprayed for will become bigger and bigger. That's what Solomon is saying is don't let little things go unchecked. Sometimes we begin to compare our mate to somebody else. Well, I wish you were more like them, and I wish you were more like, like her, and I wish you were more like him, and why doesn't God give me something like this, and why doesn't God, and the little things, those little things just become critical, picking away, because the devil's attacks are usually distractions and seductions. What are seductions? There are things that we want. The desires of our heart can lead us in a lot of directions. You know, they say that that uh, 60% of marriages or uh, divorces that end in divorce cite that pornography is a factor. And most people think, well, pornography, that's just a little thing. That's a private thing. I'm not hurting anybody. Guess what? It's little things that little foxes. And he's saying, watch for the small things because they'll become big things. That's why Ephesians 5, 3 said, but among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity. He says, a hint, just a, little things. Don't make the little compromise because it's gonna lead to something else. The question here is, what is the story that you're gonna wanna tell? Everybody has a story to tell. The next three weeks, we're gonna have couples on the stage around the table telling their story. They're gonna talk about things that worked and that didn't work and they're telling their story. At the end, you're gonna have a story to tell. What do you want to tell? You know what? I was tempted many times. But you know what? I withstood the temptation. I prayed through it, and God helped me. That's an incredible story to tell. Or do you want to tell the story? You know what, guys? I have to tell your children. I was tempted, and in a weak moment, I gave in, and I've ruined it, and now I'm a liar for life. Is that the story you want to tell? It's the little things. So we have to be devil kicking. We've got to realize we, this is a spiritual thing. I've had people come and say, hey, I want to do a wedding. Would you do a wedding? But I don't want any scripture or prayers or anything like that. I'm saying, well, there's a thing for that. It's called justice of the peace. And if you were married by the justice of the peace, God bless you. I'm not saying that's wrong, but I'm telling you, marriage was God's idea. And if you want to take God out of it, it's just an idea and it'll go wrong. Whoa, I just sounded opinionated. Let's keep moving. The last thing I want to talk to you about, it's got to be covenant keeping. Not only are we Christ-centered, not only are we mission-driven and a little bit of devil kicking, we've got to be covenant keeping. You know, there's three approaches to marriage. There's the casual approach. You ever heard this? Marriage is just a piece of paper, right? Yeah, it's just a piece of paper. Or there's a contractual approach to say marriage is a contract. You're under contract. But then there's the covenant or covenantal Marriage is a holy covenant established by God. It's a spiritual thing, no matter what 
you think about it. And when it, if you're going to think this is just a contract, you know what? Contracts are based on mutual distrust. Why do you have to have somebody that signs a contract? Because you've got to keep them from trying to break that contract. But a covenant is based on mutual commitment. Marriage is all about covenant. Marriage is about a covenant, and a covenant is different. You hear the word covenant in the Old Testament. You hear the word covenant in the New Testament, and it's different. The Bible says that God made a covenant with Abraham. You might remember that in the Old Testament. He said, you know what? You're going to be my people. You're going to have children. You're going to have a nation going to come out. It's going to bless the world. I'm going to be your God, and you're going to be my people. And Abraham said, I want to enter that covenant. I'm all in. He said, let's prepare the covenant. In the Old Testament time, the way to create a contract or a covenant like that is you would take a, an animal and you would split it in half and you would set it on either side and the two that were creating the covenant would walk through together. That was our binding agreement. And the Bible says that God told Abraham, I want you to prepare for this covenant and he prepared, he put the animals and, and he put them on either side. But then the Bible says that God put Abraham into a deep sleep. And then when it became dark, they saw a censer moving between, a fire moving between the sacrifice. It was God alone. You ever wonder why he put Abraham asleep and he did it alone? Here's what God says. Abraham, I want to be in covenant with you, but I know you can't do it because you're human. I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to do it for us. Do you understand why it's so important to have Jesus at the center of your marriage? Because just you can't do it. But God, in the center, can do it for you. It's not just an Old Testament thing. We celebrated communion today. What did we do? We said, Jesus came, and he said, I bring what? A new covenant. Remember that? A new agreement. My body is going to be broken. My blood is going to be shed. I'm going to allow my life to be a sacrifice for you. Why? Because we couldn't do it. Jesus took the penalty of sin that you and I could never pay. And he said, you know what? We're going to be in agreement, but I'm going to do it for you. Let me tell you what. That's what grace is all about. The grace of God that says, I love you so much. I love you. I'm going to reach out to you, and I'm going to make the way for you. I'm going to do it for you. It's having that grace. And when we lose grace for one another, we are at risk at division. And God says, here's the deal. Relationships are the most important thing in the world. It'll bring the most joy in your life, but it also can bring the most pain in your life. So let's what? Let's make them Christ-centered. Put me at the middle. Jesus is number one. Everything else has got to be number two. I want you mission-driven. I want you both loving the right things and hating the right things. I need you to realize that, man, we are in a spiritual battle. Until Jesus comes back, we got to be some devil kicking, and we got to get mad at the right. We don't wrestle against people. It's spiritual. we got to get mad at the devil enough to make it work no matter what. And we've got to realize the covenant that we entered into is God saying, I know you won't be able to do it on your own. My grace is enough for you. Whew. That's encouraging to me. That's how we're going to start this thing. In the next few weeks, don't miss a week. Tune in every week. I think God is going to speak to you about it.
about your life, about your relationship. Would you pray with me? Jesus, I know anytime we talk about marriages or relationships, it can, it can be easily an opportunity for us to realize where we're failing or what we're lacking or maybe not even want to be a part of it or because we've had failure or because we're alone, it doesn't apply to us. But God, I pray that through your word, you would minister your grace and your love to us today. You would connect to us today and realize the people you've brought in our life are people to lift us up if we'll center on you, if we'll bring it around who you are, you at the center. God, I pray for people that are listening right now, watching this or sitting in this room right now that might be struggling and wanting to give up. It's no accident that they're here today and you would say, let's go one more time. Let's come back together one more time. Focus on me one more time. I'm gonna see you through. God, I pray that hope would be in this room, in this message and make its way to our hearts today. In Jesus' name. I would just invite you today, if you're trying to make the most out of your relationships, but you don't have a relationship with Christ, I'm telling you, you're fighting with one hand tied behind your back. You're missing the whole part that makes it work. And I want to invite you into relationship with Jesus today. If you would like to connect with Jesus, you can just say that prayer today. Jesus, come into my life. You know what? He's paid the price for you. All you've got to do is accept it. If you say that prayer today, the Bible says that you become family. He's going to come into your life, and we as a church can come around you and help you in next steps. So if you said that prayer today and you've got a connect card, let us know about it. We want to be praying for you. We want to get the right things in your hands. If you're online today, connect with the host right now. Or just maybe even text FLC Connect to 94000, and it will get you right to an option to let us pray for you and let us know you. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you have a plan for us that brings us closer to one another and most importantly, closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me today? Just before I open up the prayer wall, there's a prayer wall here. If you have a prayer request, anything we can pray with you about, there'll be people at this wall that will safely pray with you on one side of the table. If you have a prayer request at home, let the host know. We want to be praying for you. We have a whole team of people that just love to pray over requests. Let us know. We want to do that for you. And before we do that, I just want to say that we have uh, a lot of people that make church go. We've got a power couple in this church, Todd and Shelby Brushweiler. Todd is usually running sound. He makes us all sound amazing. Shelby's got the the, the things on the screen, so you can see if I made a typo. And uh, they are an amazing couple. We want to say thank you to the Brushwater family for all they do for Family Life Church. It's awesome. <clears throat> hey, until I see you again, you're not going to want to miss these next three weeks. But I pray that God will bless you. And he would shine his countenance on your life. And you would connect with him in a fresh and new way. In Jesus' name. God bless you as you go live the life today. Hey guys, this is Pastor Dave. I just wanted to say thank you for joining us today for this podcast. You know, at Family Life Church, our vision is to create a safe, authentic environment where people connect with Jesus. And we don't believe it's an accident that you joined us today. You know, if this message meant something to you, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on our website at myflc.org. Or you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Family Life Church Newburgh. And 
I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and you can listen regularly. And I just want to say thank you and God bless your week.